Hello and welcome to the Teachers Inspire podcast. I'm Louise O'Neill and I curate Teachers Inspire, which is organised and run by Dublin City University. We want to hear about the teacher who has made a difference in your life or in your child's life. So remember, you can nominate them now for an award at teachersinspire.ie. On the podcast, I talk to some of the amazing teachers and the people who nominated them. I also chat to other people who share their fascinating stories about teaching and teachers with me. One of the biggest decisions that a parent can make is what sort of secondary school to send their child to. And for many, a crucial part of that decision can be whether or not to opt for a single sex school. It is also the sort of decision that can be difficult to change once it is made. So what are the differences and the potential benefits of a single sex school versus a co-ed school? Our producer Elaine spoke to a number of people and asked them about their secondary school experience. They included a business owner, the manager of a remote working hub, as well as a remote worker. But she began with some school leavers from 2019 to 2021. Uh, I went to an all-boys school in secondary school. Once I was in the school, I'd say a year or two in, um, I started kind of regretting that decision. I kind of wanted to switch to a mixed school, and for a while I did debate switching, um, just because there's, there's a kind of an atmosphere in an all-boys school. It's very kind of competitive, and it's very uh, it's very childish in a, in, a, in a sense. So you can't really get the work done in a way sometimes. Sometimes it's grand, but it, it really does depend on the classroom and who's, who's in your classroom. And... Yeah, it has a very kind of laddish behaviour, to put it in a, in a younger term. Yeah, I went to community school, and um, funny enough, like, I was actually the opposite. When I was in second year, I almost moved to an all-boys school, and probably not because of anything in particular, probably just because my friends were in that school, but it would have been a factor to consider. Like, I would have been leaving a mixed school to go to an all-boys school, and, like, that was fine in my head, you know what I mean? Uh, I was just in a mixed school the whole way through. I was happy with the education I was getting. I was happy with the friends I had in class. I don't think uh, it didn't make a difference. Like boys or girls, you talk to everyone. You get to know different people, different uh, backgrounds. It's just kind of interacting with people the same way you would as if you weren't in school and you were working. Um, I personally went to an all-girls school. I would probably have preferred to go to a mixed school only because I think learning is inside and out of the classroom. But having just a female perspective, um, a lot of our teachers were female as well. I think just being in a mixed school would have given a more well-rounded experience. Thankfully, I was exposed um, outside of school with like church and just family and friends and things. But in school is, is where you spend most of your day. Um, you kind of get one perspective. So I just think like exposing um, teenagers that young to just a more rounded experience prepares you more for college and for life in general. I started out first year in a mixed school um, for the likes of myself, whose favourite subject was mathematics. I did feel a little bit of sort of pressure or anxiousness. You know, if you wanted to raise your hand first in the class, you're always, I suppose, afraid of of the the, the boys looking over and the sort of negative stereotyping, if you like. Um, From second year on, I went to an all-girls school. I definitely felt more comfortable, more confident, less anxious and... I suppose my own personal experience with having, you know, attended both is, is for me, it was definitely an all-girls school. I performed better. So I started secondary school in um, the year 2000 and I went to a single sex school. When the time comes, if you were to 
pick a secondary school for your child or, or someone in your family, would you be more inclined to go as you did for the single sex? I think my initial thought would be yes, um, but it really depends on the child. So in the single sex school that I was in, you know, there was no technical drawing, woodwork, um, and you know, engineering is becoming huge uh, industry and manufacturing. And we look at STEM, and things may have changed in the school that I'm in, but that wasn't something that was fully supported in the single sex school so that might depend on the child then what what their kind of strengths are and where they want to progress. It's a very interesting selection of opinions and experiences there. Now I'm very keen to hear what my guests think the differences are between single sex and mixed schools and if those differences go beyond academic results. So we have with us Alan Mines who's the principal of Ballymackenny College a mixed school in Drogheda, and Sean Stack, principal of St. Joseph's in Fairview, Dublin, which was an all-boys school, but it has just opened its doors to girls. You're both very welcome to the Teachers Inspire podcast. Now, tell me, after listening to that, do you have any kind of initial thoughts? or? I, I suppose a lot of the things that were said there are the things that we, you're after saying we're after changing, and we've been doing, obviously, the last work for the last four or five years. Mm. They'd be the things that you come across. There was, there was, I'm sure it'll come up, but there was one interesting point there about the subjects offered in curriculum, yes. which I which I think is going to be the relevant point, really, as mm. opposed to the gender bits. Mm. So as in like, because I know that um, in my school, we actually did have a woodwork um, uh, department, but like the boys had to come up to our school to mm. home ec. So I suppose it's funny how those, is that what you're referring to or it would be part of it I mean even before we were we were looking at the change of status home ec is a subject that we don't have a home ec room in school mm. even now currently yeah. there's one coming in due um, but that was coming in due before the change of status because okay. we found there was a demand for it we were already doing cooking classes and what we yeah. were calling life skills which we were which was I actually have a qualified home ec teacher and the life skills was part of our well-being but it actually was drawing a lot from the home ec yeah. curriculum so yeah. I mean, there was a demand there before we had a female in the school. Okay, so great. I even think that divide of, God, to be really simplistic, home ec for girls, woodwork for boys yeah. is not it's, as relevant as it might have been. Yeah. Once upon I'm a glad time. to hear that you weren't just like, oh, we've got we've got women coming to the school. We better build a home ec class. No, I wanted, I wanted <laughs> They're going to need before. kitchens. <laughs> <laughs> and how about you? Was there um, anything that struck you? I was, the comment about, a, you know, exposure to a more, you know, rounded I suppose, you know, the idea that sharing school is outside and inside. Your education doesn't just take place in the school building. It's outside as well. Mm. And the amount of time that you do spend in school, if it's if it's in a single sex school, you know, the impact that may have. I think um, everybody has gone to school. Everybody, you know, everyone has an opinion on their own school and, Mm. you know, the the experiences that they had. So I think they're all valid opinions and. It, it different schools suit different students mm, and yeah. you have to accept that some students find it really uh, easy to settle into a co-ed school some students find it really difficult to, to settle into a co-ed school it's no it's no one size fits all I suppose mm. when it comes to yeah, it yeah. but as, uh, as a parent I have three three daughters and they're all in a co-ed school I suppose I can see the benefit of it now and they went to single sex primary schools yeah. and I can sort of see the benefit of it you know they are sort of a bit more, I would say, rounded. Yeah. But that's 
That's just my opinion. And on did, it, you know? did uh, with your um, schools, let's say primary, did you go to mixed or or single sex? I myself, I was I was a mixed primary and a mixed secondary. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So you know nothing else. You're like this is this is the way forward. I think that was just the circumstances you were there, and yeah. again, yeah. like Alan was saying, and like came up there, they were the right schools for me. Um, I. I've never actually asked my own parents that question of yeah. of how they did <laughs> yeah. that, but I can't imagine anyone was banging the drum saying it has to be a co-ed school. Mm. I think it was more, how does the school fit what we're doing and, and how does it fit on what Sean wants to be and do in his own time? Yeah. Um, no, the side of my cheek I picked my secondary school because they had a big basketball program yeah. <laughs> nothing to do with anything else <laughs> um, and I suppose with St. Joseph's I mean why like how was that decision made was that something that was a long time coming or like was it a difficult decision or did it feel very natural it it definitely felt very natural throughout now it wasn't there wasn't this big eureka moment where we mm. said we're going co-ed um, I think our school has been changing a lot as all schools do over time, but definitely in the last 10 years and we had brought in a new curriculum. We're part mm-hmm. of this P-Tech program, which was bringing in coding and robotics and we're piloting that. Um, and, and we were looking at different bits and a lot of what we were noticing was between the change in curriculum, the demand for places, mm. the, the competition in the area, but also we were seeing that some of our students from our feeder schools were going elsewhere and the feedback they were giving us is because that's where my sister is. Mm. Oh, okay. And then we were having sisters coming who were in primary school with their brother and they were having to separate. Yes. Yeah. And and rather than this being one cause of, oh, our curriculum did it or, oh, we have fantastic staffing or anything like that, it was more, eventually we asked the questions of, well, why are we only taking mm. boys? And mm. we didn't have a good answer. Yeah. And it kind of said, well, that's not what we stand for. Mm. We're inclusive. We're about our community. We want our siblings to stay together. The curriculum we're offering with the P-Tech and the different bits should be open to all. Mm. You can't preach about mm. IT being open and mm-hmm. diversified mm-hmm. if you're not even teaching it to the yeah. girls. And it was just, and, and that led and was the catalyst for us starting the process. Now, the process was quite long, but if you're looking for it, there wasn't a moment that we said, oh, we're going COVID. There, were, there probably was a moment we said, well, hold on a second. Why yeah. are we not looking yes. at this? Yeah. yeah. And w- was was the demand there from the parents? I mean, even when you said that in practical terms of I don't want to have to be driving one kid here and, and one child here for school or. It, it was. I, I, I don't I don't know that it was the logistics of getting them to the yeah. place. I think it was more. It was more the fact of um, I mean, we're we're an inner city urban school. It was more mm. the fact of communities stay together. Mm. families stay together and friends, those mm. very, very close links and um, having having your primary schools where they were mixed, let's say, mm. and then classmates had to separate, yeah. not out of choice, but out of this barrier that the schools were putting up. Mm. It was probably causing that break in the river and, and we were just beginning to hear the echoes of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and your school has always been co-ed. Has always been co-ed, but my own education, uh, I started in a co-ed school and then a really very unhappy primary school. And then I was transferred. My mum and dad took me out and put me into St. Joseph's primary. Why, why were you unhappy? I just Get wasn't into a therapy session here. Tell me your childhood trauma. <laughs> <laughs> just really unhappy with, I think the relationship with the teacher wasn't very good. I just was probably very 
anxious at that, yeah. you know, in primary school. So my mum and dad decided to put me into an, an all boys school in, in Fairview. And it was totally different. And actually, I had, and I had a, but I had a really good, really, really good teacher. And that was probably the difference for me. So I suppose then we went, went straight into St. Joseph's secondary school. It was, again, it was single sex, taught in a single sex school for nearly 20 years. And then to go from that then to a co-ed um, secondary school. And so what do you, I mean, because that sounds like you've had sort of experience of yeah. both, both as a student and as a teacher. So like you're very well placed, I suppose, to talk about what you see, you know, the differences are or the benefits. I think it comes back to if a student is happy, regardless mm. of whether it's co-ed or, or single sex, they're happy mm-hmm. in school. Mm. And that's their only experience that they, they, can, they can rely on or account. Um, and if they do, it may be one area that they may be unhappy with if they're in the wrong school for them. Mm. But there's, you know, there's different school models, there's different, there's a school for everybody, I suppose, if you if you take to that. But I, it was interesting about the point about, I think that's an, er, an area where parents are saying, well, if they have a boy and a girl and they have to split them up. Mm. It's not necessarily the logistics of, you know, that's one part of it. But they would say, well, they'd like them to go to the same school. Yeah. And if if the school can, uh, can't can offer that, well, then it, it's competitive yeah. as well. And people say, yeah. well, I can go, I can do that in this school yeah. up the road. Why would I send them to, to your school if you can't, yeah. you know, take both? Of them? Yeah, of course. So I think and I think parents want or seeing that there's a benefit to having the two of them in, in boys and girls in one school, mm. their children in one school. Yeah. You know, it's not just logistics, it's, mm-hmm. it's back, back to that all-rounded yeah. uh, education. You know, I went to an all-girls school, both primary and secondary, and like I found the transition to university really difficult because it did feel, you know, you're a bit mm. like, oh my God, there's a boy sitting next to me. <laughs> what does he want? <laughs> yes. um, and I, so I was always very much like, you know, schools should be co-ed. I think it's much more like beneficial, like in terms of social skills. And, and I suppose as well, having gone as I said to an all-girls school and having had an eating disorder it felt like in lots of ways that it was like a breeding ground for that kind of yeah. competitiveness and, and academically very competitive but what's been interesting with my job is because of you know m- my writing I, I've I've gone into schools to talk to students and I have seen a difference in and look this is only anecdotal mm. but like if I go into all-girls schools they're really they've loads of questions they're really eager to talk about like sexism and rape culture and 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 then if i go into boys schools they do seem to be sort of silenced and i don't know if it's because of the particular subjects that i'm bringing up mm-hmm. um and there's always one like teenage boy who's like well what about men and you know it's just yeah so i'm just wondering like do do, do you see that or like how i suppose as an educator would you try and sort of combat that and make sure that everyone sort of feels like that their voice can be heard? Well, I have one, one anecdote about a student who was in our school and, you know, every topic that came up, it was leaving cert history. She'd, uh, she, the student would refer to the teacher and say, um, you know, there's no, act- no female mm. in, in this history book at all. So here we have another important, you know, topic of history, whether it's European mm-hmm. history or modern history. And, Yet no, yeah. no women are mentioned yeah. in any of this. So yeah. it became, you know, an object, you know, it was sort of a comic aside yeah. between the teacher and the student. And he said, you're not wrong, he'd say, you're not wrong. So um, I suppose if your experience of that is that completely sidelined out of history, mm. <laughs> and that's just one subject, um, 
you're, 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 it's very difficult to see whether you're, you know, place or whether you're valued in the education system if you're not mm. even referred to in a whole a whole section in the, of the curriculum, you know. Mm. So, um, but that's look, that's something that maybe will be addressed in, in you know, when curriculum is changing and it can be addressed with the junior cycle curriculum. But yes. at Leave Cert, it's probably fairly set of what the what the topics are going to be. Yeah. You know? Yeah. What do you it, think? I mean, it's interesting to hear you say that you noticed that change going to university, mm. I suppose. Yeah. Oh, my God. Anecdotally, <laughs> as teachers, we would have up until now, possibly we would have always taught the boys and their relationships with females. We, we would have been something we would have maybe observed without any hard conclusions. I suppose if we're looking at by the time you're going to university, mm. 17, 18 years, mm and you've done those real formative puberty years growing and mm. developing that identity in a single sex, that is obviously dampened and much lesser if they're coming in at 12 and yeah. and, and spending all of that yeah. time together. So I suppose it'd be, it'd be, I suppose, naive to think not spending that time in those formative years will have an impact on how they perceive mm. each other mm-hmm. when they go outside and beyond. As yeah. you yourself have noted, that yes. you noted it. Uh, you know, emotionally uh, and, and socially stunted. But anyway. And over the time, you see the, the nature of the relationships change within the student group. So mm. they tend to stay within their, within, yeah. you know, this girls is, stick is with quite the girls. Gendered, you can it? see yeah. that quite even in the, in, but as the years, particularly we'd see transition year is a big, we, we do, we, we do a, a musical and it's the first nearly time that they've had an opportunity to work with mm. Their, their classmates in a different environment than the classroom and you'd see an awful lot of that that's a change in the nature of the relationship between those students and you see them hanging around with different friendship groups and they're more balanced then in fifth and sixth year yeah so that's probably a positive thing mm. I, I would haven't been to a, a boys school I've probably found it a little bit more difficult to, at, at, at third level mm. and uh you and me both, Alan. Yeah. <laughs> Join the club. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it was unnecessary, I felt. I should, yeah. shouldn't, you know, you're you're going, what What do I do in this situation, yeah. you know? Because um, mm. I know, I suppose, people would argue, particularly, I think, parents who are sending their girls to um, single-sex schools will sort of argue, you know, statistically that they do better academically. Mm. Um, so I suppose, what would, would your answer to that really be? Well, I suppose, is the, the social sort of part of that is really important as well or the first bit I do is say is I, I have yet to see a bit of conclusive research okay. or data that yeah. actually backs that yeah. up that, that yeah. the gender separation does it you, there's bits there but I think there's far more influence on socioeconomic yes and, yes of course because um, a lot of them are, stuff are like fee that. paying so therefore more money for grinds and things is that kind of I, I won't yeah. go that far I'll yeah. just say it doesn't, it doesn't <laughs> I'll seem go right to, there <laughs> it doesn't seem to back up that I, I mean, if you if you really break that down simplistically, that's a way of saying girls are smarter than boys yeah. and well, no mean, research backs that up. I mean, well, I would argue that. No <laughs> <joke>. <laughs> um, but I mean, yeah, I, I think we were some of the data you sent around cited that as well in a different bit. And we, we would have come across it in our own thing. The mixed schools, single sex, all, all girls, all mm. boys taking out that socioeconomic curve. Mm. The end results are there. Mm. I think if I'm not wrong, Alan, you'll probably know this, the data backs up that the progression is, the curve is shaped a bit differently, mm. but the end point is mm-hmm. the same result. Mm. So now, because this is the Teachers Inspire podcast, I'm going to ask both of you if you had a teacher who inspired or influenced you. I was very lucky. I had some, I had access to some fantastic teachers. Um, 
I started out with primary school when I when I moved to, to prime moved primary school at a Christian brother brother Coslow and he was a really really he was a great teacher great teacher then into St Joseph's and uh, still remember all my teachers and <laughs> I had re- like t- top class teachers but uh, two who I suppose would have been very not uh, inspirational in um, dead poet society sort of way, but, you know, in <laughs> encouraging me, tables, yeah. <laughs> encouraging me and, you know, having belief in you. Aidan Giblin was a fantastic teacher. I had him through my six years in second level and uh, he was my geography teacher. And a lot of the stuff that I would have tried to emulate would have in the classroom myself would have been uh, because of Aidan and mm. Denise O'Brien was my English teacher for Leaving Cert English and she gave me a great love for English and again just uh, her, you know just the, the relationships were key and I think that was the the, the, the best thing about the, those teachers they had a really good relationship with students mm. and it was all about the stu- it was all about the student before we had the language to talk about all about the student yeah. and student voice yeah. they were doing that as a matter of day in day out as mm. part of their their professional, you know, role in the school. So the really, I'm really very fortunate in the in the teachers that I had. Yeah, those in, kind of teachers sector. make such a huge yeah. difference, don't they? They still do. You still yeah. t- still think about them, even you know, 35 years after completing the leaving cert, yeah. still th- have a lot to thank those particular people for, you know. The help they gave me yeah. in school, you know. Well, we see that with this project, like mm. you know, people who are talking about teachers that they had, as you said, 35, 40 years mm. ago, and yeah. they still just you know hold that experience so close to their heart. Yeah. How about you? I'm, I'm glad Alan, you broke the rules and mentioned more than one because I was thinking about this. <laughs> and I was trying to come up with this. Um, uh, the the first one, and I suppose it was I was the one I was going to go with if I had to pick one. But um, my own father was a teacher and ended up oh. in the school that I was in as well. Um, How was that? Do you know what? Never noticed it. Yeah, really? <laughs> Genuinely never. Yeah. It never was yeah. a it never was a thing. He had the same name as myself. So the only confusion was ever when yeah. will, will Sean Stack come to the office. But other than that, did he, um, he, he taught you, did he? he I, they'd never put me oh, in his okay, classroom, which I imagine was by design. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> yeah. but, it, but at home. Uh, and I mean, I, I, the reason I bring him up is it's not just as a subject teacher, but it was that idea. That was for me a real tangible school and home thing because I got away with nothing in school that he didn't know about because it would happen in the yeah. staff <laughs> but it was lovely as well because it brought the two together and if we're talking about community and partnerships that'd be it in terms of a classroom one my own Leaving Cert English teacher he was a man named Jack Noonan um, I, I suppose I'd love I'd finally remember him as kind of eccentric and and and, and really passionate and emotive and got up and was a bit of that dead poet society right. thing but the reason I remember him was at the time, he almost thought he did it because he was enjoying it, but he loved when students got things wrong. Mm. And in hindsight, looking back, it was my first experience of what we'd now call that growth mindset. Yeah. Mm. He loved when things were wrong because that gave him something to work with. He made it feel good. Yeah. Yeah. To be not right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To make <laughs> And mistake. that was so important. Yeah. Yeah. I think we, that is so important. I, I mean, we have it in our in our language nowadays. We call it growth mindset and yeah. and adapting and everything else. And but I mean, even my twenty years ago, I don't think the phrase growth mindset was yeah. widely used. Yeah. But that might have been my first tangible touch of it. Yeah. I think that's incredible just to be allowed to make mistakes and to sort of see that just as part of life is a really good life skill. In general, yeah, no, you didn't I think. look forward to it, but you liked yeah. it when it happened. <laughs> <laughs> well, all I'm going to say is that, you know, you should both nominate your teachers for the Teachers Inspire Award because they sound incredible. 
So thank you both so much for speaking with me today. Thank you. Now remember, you can find out more about Teachers Inspire, you can nominate your teacher for the award, and you can find links to other episodes of the podcast at teachersinspire.ie or you can listen wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time.